This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Getting into week 11 now. What's going on, everybody? Hey, we got some uh, pretty decent running backs to pick up. Maybe just for one week, but we'll talk about it here. And a DST that could win you three straight weeks if they are hopefully available in your leagues. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, Jamie, where are we on the waverometer for this week? What do you think? It's uh it's a good week. It's a good week. It's uh it's a week where there are quarterbacks for people who need quarterbacks because we know that's probably a position certainly in two quarterback and super flex leagues that you could be scrambling for some options. There are like you said some good running back options um for one week maybe a little longer depending on who you're looking to pick up. There are as always a lot of good number 3 wide receivers and uh potentially one great tight end. Who hurts? Yeah. It's funny how we flopped. Uh, uh, well, like, we were so excited about Goddard. He's been such a dud for two weeks. Now it's like, hey, let's get Zach Ertz back. You guys think he's going to play this week? <laughs> That's what the Eagles think. He's eligible to come back off the IR. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a chance to play this week. This is a Halloween week on the waiver wire. There's going to be a little something for everybody. Oh, all right. Little Reese's Pieces here. Little Snickers there. Hopefully no Butterfingers. Hope- oh, definitely. Well, who would be? I wonder who the Butterfinger would be. This week, all right. We'll, we'll figure we'll, that we'll out as we get find there. one. Yeah, I'm sure we. <laughs> I'm sure there there will be some. There will be some black licorice in there as well. That kind of stuff. Here's your stat of the week. Candy the, corn. The yeah, oh, right. That too. The Packers have allowed a hundred yards or a touchdown to a running back in every game this season. So which Colts running back will it be? Will <laughs> Will Naive Hides be the peanut butter cup or the I candy hope so. corn? Just give, just give us some clarity. I mean, right. that's the the one thing. Like, just let us know with with how this game unfolds. Like, it's easy to dump Jordan Wilkins. Like, you can move on from him. But like, I'd be happy if they just gave Hines all that work, like they did last week, because then we know, and then we don't have to start John Taylor anymore. Would you be happy if you knew going into the game that it was Hines and Taylor working together instead of Hines, Taylor, and Wilkins working together? Uh, of course you'd have but a little more confidence that. to start those guys, right? I wouldn't start Taylor at this point. I, I don't know if I can get away from him as a low end number two running back, just based on how bad that Packers run defense is. But I, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen because Wilkins has been a bum and they, they've got to get something going with the run game. They can't just ignore what Naheem Hines did on Thursday. So I'm, I am wishing, hoping, praying dear Frank Reich. Here's here's a little love letter to you. Aw, your glasses look so cool when you're standing on the sideline <laughs> with that mask shield over your face. Please use Naheem Hines more, and I'll send you two peanut butter cups. I'd rather use Jonathan Taylor more, quite frankly. But uh, either one. Well, either when one he's tried using Jonathan Taylor more, he's averaged three yards per carry and has sucked. Well, they, so they I all think, have I think that They've got to use more than one guy. They've all averaged the same. I mean, it's three point seven to three point nine for all three running backs. But at least Hines gives you juice as a pass catcher, yeah. more so than Taylor. Taylor's been okay. They just haven't given given him enough work as a pass catcher. Uh, all right, so let's get to our top priorities here. And young Ben, what are we promoting today? 
We you, are promoting. Hey, Let's see what I sent over to you. <laughs> you are, we are promoting uh, HQ. A Twitch stream. Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Twitch stream tonight at 8 p.m. It'll be me and Adam for a couple minutes, and Jamie will hop on, and we will give you all the waiver wire priorities, just like this show, but we'll also answer all of your questions. So who to drop, who to add, we'll get you there. But also HQ, watch HQ at noon on CBS Sports HQ, but also you can watch On Demand on the CBS Sports app on your OTT device. Just go to the CBS Sports app, scroll down until you see Dave, Jamie, Heath, Adam's pretty faces on your TV. Click the play button, and there you go. You can watch every single episode of CBS Sports HQ FFT On Demand. I don't know, man. Jamie might be there for the whole time tonight. Could be a little rainy today in South Florida. T-ball might get rained oh, out. Oh uh, no, we're we're. Uh, I'm waiting to find out about All Star practice now. Um, oh, we won the championship. You won. We won the championship. You ups, You that. beat the team that beat you like three times or whatever. We beat the team that beat us three times. Uh, we had great game plan. Um, the coaches, <laughs> Coach. the coaches, not myself, but the coaches had a good game uh-huh. plan. The kids executed it to perfection, and uh, and we won the championship. The two seed upset the one seed. That is great. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, now let's win some fantasy leagues. Top waiver wire priorities. Before I forget, must ask if Taysom Hill is eligible at tight end, which he is on some other sites, where would he be in your priority list? At tight end? Yeah. Probably three. Behind Zach Ertz and Logan Thomas. Okay. I mean, I think some people are going to go gaga over him. You know, when, when Breeze got hurt, his role really didn't change. Jameis Winston just basically played quarterback. You expect, what do you expect going forward as Breeze is going to be out at least a few weeks and they've got the Falcons twice and the Broncos in the next three weeks. What do you expect from Hill in terms of his role? I mean, we had a, a, a perfect example of this last year. He missed five games and Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. You know, So they'll continue to mix Taysom Hill in with their packages, maybe more so if they don't trust Jameis as much as they trusted Teddy. And so I think this will be a telling game You know, from the standpoint of how good can Jameis Winston be? How much of a problem will Taysom Hill be for Jameis Winston? But he's going to still be involved. I mean, Taysom Hill is somebody that Sean Payton loves. He's the only one in the football community who seems to love Taysom Hill. He's got but, blackmail on Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so strange. Um, but look, if he's tight end eligible, then you know, you're going to get some, some additional points that you wouldn't get from most tight ends. So maybe he should be higher than Ertz and Thomas. You know, it just depends on what you, you, know, you think you're going to get. All right, Dave, who are the top priorities for you? If I need a running back, and most people do need a running back, my favorite running back is Salvan the Stockbroker. I botched my joke. Salvan the Stockbroker uh, with the Dolphins for a one-week fix. Uh, I love what I've seen from Salvan Ahmed. What does that mean, a stockbroker? Salvan the Stockbroker? Yeah. It's a Stern Show thing. Oh, okay. Kalen Balazs is second for me, um, but I do think that Balazs may have more long-term potential. Uh, Ahmed might really be strictly for one week, and that's it. But if, if I'm trying to win, get ahead week in, week out, don't want to get eliminated from the playoff chase, so I'm going to put Ahmed first. Balaj not only is a one-week guy, but maybe the guy that gets 10 touches when Austin Eckler comes back, maybe even more than that. Hines would be third. Carlos Hyde is fourth, but if we learn that he's for sure going to play and Chris Carson is not going to play, he's going to rock it up to first. He's going to be at the top of the list as potentially the lead back, maybe every down back for Seattle against an Arizona defense that is beat up. They lost two defensive starters in the front seven, and they're playing on the short week. 
the Dolphins' schedule is so good coming up, and that was the DST I was referring to. If you don't need anything and you just you know want to you know maybe you want a DST, the Chargers and the Dolphins are going to be popular. But their next three games are at Denver, then at the Jets, and then Cincinnati, which is really good for Savan Ahmed, the stockbroker I call him. Um, so mm. Inside joke, uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I, you know I mentioned Naeem Hines has a great matchup. Balage has a great matchup against the Jets. Hines, great matchup. Ahmed, great matchup. And Hyde's matchup would be fine. You know, he's Seahawks running back. So Dave went with Balage, with Ahmed, Balage, Hines, or Ahmed, Hines, Balage, sorry. Ahmed, Balage, Hines, okay. Hyde as of Tuesday morning. Right. And if things change before waivers are set up and Hyde's definitely for sure going to play, he's first. And Jamie, what's your order? Well, assuming they're all available, I mean, look, Ahmed is the one that's going to be the most widely uh, able to be picked up because of his roster percentage of 6%. You know, so he's going to be the most added player. But if if everybody's available, Balazs by far for me for two reasons. One, matchup against the Jets is amazing. And you've seen the workload now for two straight games. Um, the thing that concerns me about Ahmed is that there's the potential of Matt Breida playing. And so what happens then? And then... It is certainly a one-week window for him. Now, same thing could be for Balazs because Eckler's running again, but I don't know how quickly they're going to rush Eckler back. I'm going to guess Gaskin, as soon as he's ready, will come back, and he's eligible to return next week. So that's something you have to factor in if you're looking at it from who can help me just this week or who can help me maybe in the next coming weeks. True. So I think both guys are in similar spots, but I'll take the guy playing the Jets who I've seen work in the passing game. I just don't know why they're not throwing the ball. It's it's a really weird thing because I think he can catch. But uh, only one catch in the last two weeks. Yeah, And they really haven't thrown to their backs at all. Um, you know, Patrick Laird had a couple catches two weeks ago in into a second start. And Laird had, I think, two catches again last week um, as well. But uh, I just like Balazs a little bit better. I would actually put Ahmed third if they're all available again because Hines could be long-term, you know, the best running back for the Colts. So, you know, you can make an argument that he should be first, you know, just based on what that opportunity is for him. Uh, Dave mentioned Hyde's in a, in a good spot. I'd still put him fourth, even if he is the starter, but all four guys would be starting options this week. I just think that Hyde coming back on a short week will still share touches with whoever else is going to be active for them, whether it's Collins, if they elevate him up the practice squad, or Homer or uh, DJ Dallas. But all four guys are in great spots. So who's the player, and maybe it's one of those running backs that we just mentioned, who's the player that I don't really need someone for week 11, I want to look more long-term at any Hines, position? not close. Well, what if what not Ertz, not Jameis? Oh, I thought you meant the running back. No, 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 um, no, at any position. I'd still take Hines because if he's the lead running back for the Colts, you'd want to have that. Okay. And um, Jameis is obviously a must-add in, in two QB leagues and super flex, but... Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta in his next three games. Uh, yeah, you know, do you think he's? Do you think he is going to be a top twelve quarterback over the next three weeks? So Teddy last year started five games. He scored twenty or more fantasy points in three of those five. Now that's again factoring in what Taysom Hill did. That's factoring in you know he had some up and down performances. You know in in how they ran the ball too. So you mentioned Atlanta. Jameis obviously has a, a, a familiarity with the Falcons, having played in the same division with them prior to joining the Saints. He's played them five times over the last three, or his last five games over the last three seasons. He scored 29 or more points in four of those. <laughs> uh, you know what he's going to be, because I don't think a lot's going to change. He's going to have turnovers. Um, you know, he's, he's going to get a little reckless. I'm, I'm excited. I just want to see what he looks like with Sean Payton calling plays, with Michael Thomas hopefully healthy and Alvin Kamara on his side. And just to see if this is now, I mean, imagine Jameis Winston. He went to bed 
Sunday night, knowing that he's got a three to five game or two to two to four game potential audition to earn north of $20 million a year. If he plays well, he's not going to get a mega deal, but he's going to get an opportunity to be a starter once again. But weren't you a little discouraged by what you saw in the second half? I, I don't, I don't want to count, you know, him playing against still a good 49ers defense. They're not great because they're down guys. And I Coming get that in you the didn't practice with the guys. Right. Coming in the middle of the game. Reps. Right. And, but, and not knowing what was going on with how this whole, you know, they, they got shell shocked. I mean, you looked at their faces when Breeze went down and didn't come back out. Yeah. They looked like they were defeated offensively. Yeah. yeah. And if you actually yeah. want to go but, back a year ago, Bridgewater came in against the Rams right out of the gate. Breeze got hurt. Bridgewater, look, I don't remember the game, really. I'm just looking at the stats. He only completed 57% of his passes, 30 attempts, 165 yards, no touchdowns. That was the game that he he replaced Breeze. And then the next five games, he completed almost 70% of his passes, and uh, he threw nine touchdowns to two interceptions. So it's, you know, difficult circumstances to just come into a game uh, without any practice basically leading up to it. So, yeah, so just to ask the question again, do you think Javis is going to be a top 12 quarterback in the next three weeks? He'll be in, in the conversation. He'll in, be in, the the next, in the next three weeks, I think he'll have a top 12 finish once. He will not be a top 12 quarterback over his next three games. Okay. Like, put it this way. If you've been starting Ryan Tannehill, this is a good pivot play until Tannehill's schedule lightens up in three weeks. If you've been starting... Stafford, and you're concerned. I know he just had a great game, but obviously it's a little risky still without Kenny Galladay. If you've been starting Carson Wentz, this is a good pivot play. You know, the, Jared Goff, knowing now he has to play Tampa Bay coming off a bad fantasy game, this is a good pivot. Now, play. are these you know, drops, so, Jamie, or are these roster both of them and make your decision? I think it depends on what you can carry. You know, I mean, if you can't carry two quarterbacks or, you, you know, maybe this is your third just to see if, you know, have some sort of rotation, I would drop those guys for Jameis Winston. Man, and also look, he's not going on IR, so it could be two weeks. Right, you know, Breeze could come back in two weeks and say he's fine. Yeah, it's just a punctured lung. No, I mean, it just—it's funny. It's like sounds like the worst broken ribs and a punctured lung, and he and might he be kept back playing. In, he kept yeah, playing. He might be back it. in two, three weeks. He was it's good. Wild. He was good. Yeah, he's Imagine, great. Like, I don't know if I could do a podcast with a collapsed lung. <laughs> he's out there playing football. Look, he had five targets to Michael Thomas in the second half, and again, second half didn't practice with the starters. All that stuff. First throw was good. Two end zone targets were way off. Another one should have been picked. Another one was off. And I just, I know what Jameis Winston is. And if if the Saints are going to say, all right, just take care of the football and be a game manager, do what Breeze did. He's not as accurate as Drew Breeze. And they have so much confidence in Jameis Winston that they wouldn't even name him the starter when asked on Monday. So I'm I don't know if that had to do with, with Breeze, though. No, what do you mean it doesn't have to, have to do with Breeze? Because they Breeze, ruled him out already. Oh, that they haven't ruled him out yet? Yeah. That would make sense. But I, I think everybody's assuming that Breeze isn't going to play. And maybe if the question were posed differently, if it were. If Peyton, Breeze, according to all accounts, was annoyed during his his media session yesterday. Like uh, the, the the Falcons, I guess it was his time to speak with the opposing team's media as well. Or I don't know mm-hmm. how they do Zooms these days. It used to be, you know, you speak with the opposing team's media. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, according to uh, one thing I saw, he spoke for seven minutes. Raheem Morris spoke for 15. Okay. So, and, and who knows? Left. All right. But who knows? He's, he's salty right now. Yeah, he just lost his quarterback right. for a couple of games. I don't blame him. The thing about Michael uh, Thomas, now he's got Jameis as well, his guys, quarterback. That, well, well, yeah. All right, let's we'll get into that situation. But I got to get some more waiver wire names out there. How about some wide receivers? 
Jacoby Myers is still the best one. You know, you've yep. seen enough now over the last you know month, but certainly the last two weeks that they're just want the ball in his hands. You know, the pass that he threw against the Ravens, you know, taking advantage of his history as a quarterback. The targets have been there. I mean, Cam's not throwing the any targets yet, have been there. No, no he's and, in love with it's forty percent target share. Forty yeah, percent. Wow. In the Cam's last three games, it's forty percent of Ooh. Cam's targets. <laughs> Thirty-one targets he has. That's it's awesome. a great matchup against the Texans. I mean, yep. he's a borderline must-start guy. Okay, yes. we'll get some more names a little bit later. And Dave, uh, which tight ends would you drop for Zach Ertz? Like, would you drop Goddard? Would you drop Hooper? Would you drop um, Janu? Uh, or or is this a let's roster both and make decisions kind of situation? If you can roster both and make decisions, that's probably the way to go. Hooper from the tight ends you listed would be the first one that I would drop, though I'm not sure it's fair to say that he's trash now after, you know, win game. Baker barely threw. He only had two targets, one catch. Goddard, I might want to hang on to. Uh, Janu, I am hanging on to. Okay. (laughs) By the way, you talk about salty coaches. I was reading this in the New York Post. Doug Peterson goes on like this is so Philadelphia radio. Doug Peterson goes on the radio. You saw this, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 94 WIP. And they bring him on and the host starts the interview by telling him that a poll of the fans said 72% of the fans blamed coaching for the loss to the Giants. And he goes, thanks for the lead in. That was awesome. Listen, that just puts me in a great mood today. I'm already in a good mood. Appreciate it. Should I hang up now? I'm feeling my obligation right now. If I hang up, I feel my obligation. I'm pissed off, Angelo. That is great. Like, who? what kind of a jerk host is like, hey, coach, welcome to the show. 72% of our listeners think it was your fault. Hey, I, I mean, I respect that. That's I, I do too. No, I, I don't. You got to be held accountable for what you yeah, do. Yeah, okay, you don't lead with that. Like you, that's disrespectful. That is disrespectful to Doug Peterson, who's coming on your show, giving you a ton of ratings. Like you don't, well, you they don't pay lead him with a that. ton of ratings. You, you don't. That's disrespectful. That's a paid guess. That's not. That's not a that's ratings not a magnet. Doug Peterson. Uh, well, all right. The pay thing helps, but I still think that's bad etiquette. Like, you know, I just don't think that's a nice but way. But you, you got to understand, I'm going to guess that this has been a, a, a relationship that they have since he's been the head coach there. So there's probably been a lot of good moments and a lot of bad moments. Maybe. You got to be, you got, you got to be honest. Yeah. I, honestly, like that's the kind of thing that I would expect from. Oh man. Okay. Fab. That was all a setup to get <laughs> to goal, man. <laughs> I swear it was unbelievable. You're on. Un- you you're the gall man now. Yeah. Are you and Mazowska celebrating? Did you guys have a party in the, in New York City yet? Uh, yeah, no. Um, he did text me celebratory text after the after the game. Yeah. All yeah. right. How much fab are we talking? Going to go to the Super Bowl, right? I no. Um, Apparently, they're going to the COVID cleaning procedures because the guy on their team has COVID, so they've had to shut down stuff. Yeah. Bye week for the Giants. Okay. Yeah. How much fab are we talking this week, guys? How much fab? I mean, at this point, you know, if you got to get one of these running backs, you're going to probably spend a lot. But I, you know, again, I don't know how much uh, of of a uh, of a tenure these guys will have, depending on some of the injured situations that we're talking about. So, you know, if, if you're being conservative, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 percent for all of them, um, you know, maybe 20 if you have to get one of these guys. But, uh, you know, they're starters. That's the thing. Balaj can start. Uh, Ahmed can start. Hines can start. Hyde can start, you know, I mean, they're all in, in, in very good spots. The receiver's not much, you know, Ertz, same thing, you know, just because he may not return. Like you asked Dave, you know, would you drop these guys? You can't because Ertz may not play. And so, he hasn't you know, been you, that you good either. And Goddard hasn't been good. It's like, it's no, hard, but hard to you know, you're going the offense at, at this point, you know, the, there's, there's two tight ends in the NFL right now that fantasy managers could say, I trust. 
And then after that, it's okay, maybe Hawkinson, maybe Hurst, maybe Gronk. <laughs> you know, it's like there, there's. Oh, I don't think those guys are maybe's. Those guys are definitely is considering everybody else who's. But a that's what I'm saying. There's like, yeah. no, I know. If, I'm just saying there, there's more than two, but there's not more than maybe five or six. Yeah. But, but again, I, I think there's, there's two that you say, I don't worry about what they're going to do. They may have bad games. But I don't worry about what they're going to do. Yeah. Like we saw last week, Hawkinson, Matt Stafford threw three touchdowns and Hawkinson didn't do anything, you know? So yeah, there, there's, and, yeah. there's that risk with these so guys. Frustrated. Uh, Jared Cook had no catches. You know what I mean? So it's. <laughs> It's it's risky across the board. So I think Ertz is in that risky conversation. So he's worth adding for sure. Okay. And yeah, so so spend some fab. I don't know if we gave like a percentage, but I think everybody I has to understand. Yeah, you have to understand where you are in the standings, obviously. And you have to be mm-hmm. aggressive because we do have... Last week, the replacement running backs had terrible matchups. And the, rep- the replacement running backs were not very good. And Duke Johnson, I think he had a good matchup and he just stunk. That was disappointing. But you should have spent on him and you get two more games of him. Um, but this week, you know, it's set up really nicely for Balage, and it's set up really nicely for Ahmed, and it's, I mean, it, it's set up nicely for the Colts running game, whatever that means. And then, you know, there's the Carlos Hyde situation. And and uh, Alex Collins, I mean, how much of a bid would you put on Alex Collins? Zero. I, it, I mean, look, if we get, uh, the nice thing is, is they play Thursday, so you're going to have a better un- understanding of what the Seahawks running back situation is by the time you put in your bids tonight. So if we get through another... Carlos Hyde is limited. You know what Pete Carroll's going to say. He's trending in the right direction. He has a chance to play. Uh, I would still, if I have some roster spots to play with and I can get Hyde, I'd want to probably see if I can get Collins as well, just to see. Because it's very clear, Collins is probably going to be the guy if there is no Hyde or Carson. At this point, Carson's not going to play. So the fact that they just showed you what they showed you in the game against the Rams, that DJ Dallas and Travis Homer are replaceable, and Alex Collins was the one who had the most touches. So I would, I would say... Collins is a very good fallback option if you're looking to count on one of the Seahawks running backs. So try and pick up both if you can. I don't mind that. I just wouldn't spend a lot of fab. I don't think you have to spend a lot of fab on those guys. And that's the problem is that we, we're, we're telling everybody to be aggressive with their bids and you know do what you got to do if you need a running back this week. But there's going to be four people in every league that are going to feel that way. And they're going to see the big numbers that Hines put up, Balaj put up, and Ahmed put up. And they're going to they're gonna bid heavy on them. So I, I almost feel like you've got to go closer to 25% on those guys, but you can probably go under the radar on Hyde and Collins to the point where I, I don't think I don't Collins think Hyde. Collins, yes, well. I don't think Hyde. Because well, if well, how, if much, how much do you really think you've got to spend 15% of your fab on Carlos Hyde? Look, we, we are three weeks him. away that, from the, I think that'll get him for sure. We are three weeks away from the fantasy playoffs. So you have to understand that if you are borderline fifth seed, sixth seed, eighth seed, whatever the case may be in your standings, Mm-hmm. This is the time to get guys that could help you. And we know what the Seahawks are right now. Chris Carson hasn't played in three straight weeks and maybe not close to playing this week. And who knows if it's two more weeks. If you can get Carlos Hyde knowing that he could be the starting running back for the Seahawks for another three or four weeks, that's something that I think you got to buy into. So it's it's just I, depends on at this point, like we could say suggestions for fab. It's really meaningless because every person is in true. such a different spot. So it's just a kind of generic recommendation of, if everybody is sitting still with 50 of their 100 or 25 of their 100, this is kind of the sample size of what you have to tell them. Okay. But I'm telling, but I'm saying that Hyde is going to go for less than those other three running. I agree. He will go for less. But I think also, you know, you get past Hyde, there's still a Michael P. Ryan who, who knows what he's going to be coming off Ugh. their bye week. Okay. It's not a terrible matchup against the Chargers. Rex Burkhead has replaced James White as the pass catching guy. He's somebody that's been very productive the last two weeks, and he has a great matchup as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those two are interesting from the standpoint of if I can't get one of those four, 
then maybe you go through and get one of those two guys. And then, of course, we have to touch on the shallower league guys like Wayne Gallman and Damian Harris. They might be available as well. And Damian Harris, just real quick, over the last three games, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to find this in time. He is like the number, hold on, number one, number one. Now, he is the, the, you know what that is, Dave. No. That's uh, Billy Madison. Come on. Damian, oh, he's the number 10 running back per game in non-PPR and number 29 in PPR <laughs> is wild over the last three games. He's had a touch share of 55% or more of the Patriots run backs uh, three of the past four games. He's good. 65% last week against Baltimore. That's crazy. Okay, cool. Uh, let, so we got to talk about him and we got to talk about a lot more players. We have to talk first about Lightstream. All right, Lightstream is a great great service if you're dealing with credit card debt. The average interest rate on credit card debt is over 18% APR. Have you looked at your interest rate lately? Lightstream can help you refinance your high interest credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. And the rate is fixed so it will never go up over the life of the loan. And there are no fees. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. The whole purpose of Lightstream, the reason why it exists is to give people who have good credit a break. Okay. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And our listeners, in addition to just, just having a good interest rate from Lightstream, you can save more. You can get an additional interest rate di- discount. And the only way to get it is at our URL, lightstream.com slash FFT. That is dot com slash FFT, lightstream.com slash FFT. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. All right, news and notes. Drew Brees, going to miss a few weeks. Andy Dalton expected to play this week. Teddy Bridgewater is day-to-day against the Lions. If it's not him, it's PJ Walker, likely. Yes. XFL uh, MVP, presumably, yeah. P.J. Walker. Carlos Hyde is expected to play trending in the right direction. Car, uh, Chris Carson, we're not sure. They play Thursday. Tyler Lockett has a knee sprain. That's something to keep an eye on. It was deemed minor, but Thursday game. Zach Ertz off IR. Sam Darnold out this week. Drew Locke has injured ribs. So you could be getting... Oh, remember when Joe Flacco and Brett Rippon played against the... Oh, was that? No, that was Darnold. Darnold and Rippon. Never mind. But you are going to get Flacco, and you might get Brett Rippon. Flacco did week. come in that game. Yep. Uh, yes, yes. And then Darnold came back. Uh, John Brown tweaked his ankle, but they're going into their bye week, so hopefully not too serious there. The Rams. Left tackle Andrew Whitworth out six to eight weeks with a knee injury. You can drop Whitworth. But um, that's, a, that's a big Dropped deal. Off too. Yeah. So that that's a that's a big loss for them. It's disappointing, and safety yeah, just in t- time for a matchup with the Bucks and their big D line. And they're yeah, and they're blitzing. I mean, it's yep. bad timing. Taylor Rapp, their safety, Ram safety. He's out three to four weeks. Antonio yeah. Brown broke a security camera through a bicycle. Is this something? Not that, not this week, right? That's, but apparently the NFL time. didn't know about it before he signed with the Bucks. Is this something that could lead to him missing time? You think? It could, I think, if I saw it correctly, that if it's a violation of his probation. 
The Bucks said that they were aware of it, at least according to reports. So just something you want to keep an eye on. But uh, obviously, you know, just it, it's it's so interesting to see all the beat writers of the teams that he's been at <laughs> saying, oh, I'm shocked. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> interesting. That's new. Um, so, you know, just something you want to keep in mind for you, Antonio Brown, fantasy managers. Okay. And Matthew Stafford has a good chance to play this week. There was a really cool story. Um, ben Volan, he writes for the for the Herald or the Globe? Boston, Boston Globe. Globe. Cool story in the Globe about how the how NBC Sports had footage of Jacoby Myers throwing a touchdown or his his high school quarterback footage, and it was like kind of a cool insight into like what producers are looking at going into the games and why they were ready for him to potentially throw a pass. So uh, you can check it out. I think if you just look at Ben's Twitter feed, it's probably there's probably a link in there. And uh, finally, three Kansas City offensive linemen, offensive tackles, are on the reserve COVID list. We don't know if they tested positive or they're just a close contact, but they could be without three offensive tackles this week. They'll win anyway. Big game, though, against the Raiders. All right, top we three. We said that last position. time they played the Raiders and they didn't win. They'll win. The Raiders had the, I won't play the music, the gall to circle the stadium in their buses. And Andy yeah, Reid's there's, mad. There's, there's no way the Chiefs are losing. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Reed off the bye. Eddie Reed off the bye. <laughs> All right, top three at each position. Jamie, top three quarterbacks. Well, this is a fun list. Um, you got Jameis Winston, and then, yeah. Uh, I have Phillip Rivers second for now, and that's with the thought of Jair Alexander and Kevin King both being out because I don't think it was a fair example of what this Packers pass defense looked like last week against Jake Luton in the win. But I have Rivers. He's playing really well. Home game. I think they're going to have to score points. So I like Rivers second, but Rivers Smith and Kirk Cousins are kind of all in the same boat of, oh no, do I have to start one of those three guys if I can't pick up Jameis? Um, but you also have uh, the great Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton. This is a terrible week for quarterback. Wait a minute. So it's Winston, Rivers, Smith, Cousins, Dalton, Flacco. Flacco. Dalton. This is this is a hell of a list for 2017. I know. Just thinking that. <laughs> it's crazy. This is like such a throwback. But uh, you know what though? If you look at it, Rivers has scored, it's 18 in two of his last three, but he could have had a much bigger game last week. He was over 300 yards, had a touchdown. Two of the three prior to that, the one against Baltimore, he was bad, but he was over 20, uh, 20, uh, 20 plus fantasy points. I remember exactly what it was. Smith has the most passing yards of the last two weeks with 715 on 87 pass attempts. Cousins, but, and as Jamie, as he's been as a, he didn't even huh? He didn't even start that first game. And he didn't start that first game. You're right. <laughs> Cousins, as bad as he's been, at least by the perception, 21 or more fantasy points, three of his last four. And he actually has two games over that span with 36 pass attempts. And the last time we saw Joe Flacco, he went for 26 fantasy points against the Patriots in that game on Monday night. So all these guys are playing good for who they are and what we think they are. Um, Plus, the matchups aren't awful when you look at it. I mean, Smith against the Bengals could be really good. You know, we just saw what Ben Roethlisberger did to them. Cousins as the Cowboys. Chargers, we've seen what their defenses look like of late. Um, Rivers, again, you know, facing that defense. If they don't have their, you know, top two defensive backs, that could be a really good situation as well. Yeah. 
Cousins has been very efficient. And we know, like we talked about this two weeks ago with Roethlisberger. We were like, gosh, how many times is Roethlisberger going to throw? The three straight quarterbacks against the Cowboys have thrown for less than 200 yards and like 25-ish pass attempts. And then Roethlisberger, it was a close game and he had to throw a ton and he lit them up. If you throw on the Cowboys, you're going to be successful. You just, you can't sit here right now and imagine a lot of pass attempts for Cousins. But he still, I I mean, I'm going to say based on every week, basically, he's probably going to throw two touchdown passes. That's what the Cowboys Cowboys give up. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Like it's 202 is a good real, realistic expectation. Not a sexy list, but these guys could give you something. And one thing about Rivers, as the running game has really struggled, I mean, we could be excited about Naheem Hines all we want. This running game has really struggled. Like I said this on the show yesterday. They don't have a rush attempt of longer than 22 yards all year. That's incredible for the Colts. Um but it's he's, also, I he's think throwing if, a lot it, with the running game if, struggling. He's throwing 44, 33, 43, and 39 times mm-hmm. in his last four games. If Hines is playing, that's a good thing for his passing numbers because it yeah. makes them more multidimensional when, they're on, when he's on the field. All right, so at running back, we're looking at Balage, Hines, Ahmed, Carlos Hyde. Dave, just give me like two or three more names if you want real quick. Rex Burkhead, Gus Edwards, and then the Rams running backs, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. And P. Ryan, I think, probably deserves a, a shout. I mean, if you really want to stash him, just see what happens. Okay. You can. Yeah. And you have you have Gallman, you have Harris, you have J.D. McKissick available in like 25% of leagues. Wide receiver. Uh, Jamie, who are the top wide receivers? Uh, so I still put Tim Patrick second just because I, I don't want to judge him based on getting ejected last week. And I think, you know, we saw him have success with Rippon. Even if Drew Locke is going to be out there, bad team. They're not going to run the ball very well. And he's been very productive. So I have him second. I have Michael Pittman third. Uh, obviously hoping that what we saw last week against the Titans is something that they could build off of. And then Marcos Valdez-Scantling just because he's been such a significant playmaker. And Rodgers is not throwing to anybody else in his receiving court besides Devontae Adams and Valdez-Scantling at this point. Okay, so that's Jacoby Myers, Tim Patrick, MVS, and Michael Pittman. Dave, is there anyone you wanted to add? Let me see. Uh, Josh Reynolds should be on this list with 27 targets in his last three games and ending up being a a bigger part of this Rams passing offense. I think he deserves some consideration, not as the top wide receiver, but if you're nervous about the high variance in Valdez Scantling, then you should probably go with Reynolds instead. If you knew Alan Lazard was going to play this week, which Packers guy would you pick up? There's there's a better chance of him being more successful and converting his targets. So you have to factor that in with MVS too. Yeah. Lazard is also a lot more rostered than MVS. And then last question on this. We'll get we'll get deeper into the list. Uh, Guys like Jakeem Grant. He's got an opportunity. You know, maybe Keelan Cole um, seeing some. Pitt, like Keelan Cole has Pittsburgh, and they've given up the second or the third most touchdowns per game to wide receivers receiving touchdowns. It's so uh, they're just you know a bunch of names like there is every week with um, with wide receiver. But uh, Josh Reynolds, who do you think Carlton Davis covers in this game? Because Reynolds is the more conventional wide receiver that you'd think the top cornerback would cover, but he's obviously the least accomplished of those of the trio. Where do you think Davis goes? And I ask this because week after week, it's like the other guy that scores against the Bucs. I don't know how you consider DJ Moore versus Robbie Anderson, but consistently, the guys who catch touchdowns against the Bucs are not the ones you, you'd expect, I guess. So do you think he gets Carlton Davis? I don't think Davis travels because they have so many quality wide receivers. So my guess is he plays aside. Okay. All right, and then uh, Dave, tight end. 
if you can find Zach Ertz, he's going to be the top guy to go and get, even though it might be a stash for a week. But if you need a tight end that you know will for sure play in week 11, I would say Logan Thomas is that guy against Cincinnati. Had four for 66. That's pretty good for a tight end. And uh, always a chance for him to score. Give me one more name. Dalton Schultz is the next tight end I have up. Okay. Jamie D. Cowboys against Vikings. DST. What do we got? Well, the Dolphins, you said that they're in such a great spot. Um, they've they've found a way to be productive two of the last three games from scoring touchdowns, and they nearly had a third when they blocked the punt against the Chargers um, on in Week 10. So facing the Broncos, whether it's Drew Locke, who will be less than 100% and clearly struggling, or Brett Rippon, who had multiple interceptions against the Jets, I think it's a great spot for them. And then, like you said, their schedule moving forward is, is very favorable. I put the Chargers second just because of the Jets. You know, you bank on the season-long track record of what the Jets have been. Obviously, Darnold has been better. Excuse me, Flacco has been better than Darnold, but, or at least he was the last time we saw them. But, you know, the Chargers, if they get Joey Bosa back, I think that's the key to it. You know, if Bosa doesn't play, then it's a little tougher to trust them. He's dealing with a concussion. I'll go back to the Washington defense. Um, I like the fact that multiple players are taking accountability for how they performed against Detroit. And I think going against the Bengals, where we know their offensive line is a disaster right now. Joe Burrow's a little bit banged up. Um, I think the Washington defense will get after him a little bit. And then the Vikings defense against Andy Dalton. You know, we last time we saw him, he was bad against the Cardinals in his last start. Um, but, you know, just kind of struggling in the two, the three appearances that he's made since Dak Prescott has gone down. Okay. Dolphins, Chargers, and the Vikings. And I'm sorry, the th- oh, Washington. Washington. Washington and the Vikings. And uh, Kickers. What's Jason Sanders as? Is Jason Sanders universally owned yet? Rostered he's yet? He's like 85%. Okay, yeah, I looked, that was the first guy I looked he's at. He's like the best kicker in football. I mean, he, he's unbelievable. He missed his first kick? Uh, yeah, and it was it was almost 50 yards, but he's he's booting like 49, 50 yarders basically every week. He's not the best, but he's if, up there. I wonder if he gets a 60-yard attempt in mile high. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, who else? If I can't get Jason Sanders, which I can't, who am I getting? Well, Young Shui Koo. Um is uh, at the cusp, 65%. Um, apparently, Dave didn't like that. He's smelled. No, no, um, no, no, no. There's a fly around here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to pick up Young Waiku. <laughs> Randy Bullock. Uh, we know how good he's been. Turning into Mike Pence over here. There's a fly everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. He's still available, 55%. Ooh. And uh, and I go back to Kyrie Fairband at home against the Patriots. All righty. Minnesota 19 and Chicago 13 last night. Minnesota dominated the time of possession, 35 minutes and 50 seconds. Bears had the ball for just 24 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, and then a pretty big injury in this game. Obviously, Nick Foles, who, who apparently is okay, which is good. We got the news this morning. He's going to be okay. That's good. But Akeem Hicks, I didn't see an update on him. He left in the second. He left in the third quarter with about two minutes left. But I thought the fun part of this game was watching the Bears' defensive line just really seems so motivated. They did, they did a great job against Dalvin Cook, and Hicks was part of that. He left, so we'll check on him, but they're going into their yeah, bye they, week. They said it was a hamstring. You know, when he first came up, the way that he walked off the field and the fact they didn't come back in, I thought, oh, is it an ACL or Achilles because it was non-contact, but he was, you know, chasing, chasing down somebody. If I'm the Bears this week, I fire Matt Nagy, and I promote Chuck Pagano to head coach because the defense has been fantastic. The offense has been an absolute disaster. And they already turned play calling over to Bill Lazor. What could be worse? Like, at least Pagano has led a team before. They got to do something to spark this team because they're still in playoff contention. And so it's inevitable Nagy's getting fired if they miss the playoffs. I would put Pagano in charge because their defense has been great. 
and see if he can turn this team around and get them to the playoffs. Dave, what's uh, some fantasy takeaways from this game? Don't trust any Bears. Allen Robinson? <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, it folds us out for the rest of the year. We've got Tyler Bray. That's going to be a challenge even well, for Allen Robinson. Return, okay. All right. Well, what fine. was the update we I, saw? Robinson, on... Robinson's probably the only one that you'll feel okay he's starting. Fi- he's fine. I mean, the note was that he has a hip pointer and he's fine. Okay. So if Nick Foles, whatever, even, even if he's fine, I still don't know if he'll stay fine because that offensive line is terrible. And I would have, you know, nine targets was nice, but still six or 43. He's not getting downfield as much. I'm, I'm nervous about Allen Robinson. And I don't think there's anybody else on this team that you can confidently trust. And for the Vikings, look, I, I thought Adam Thielen was going to have a bad game. And it was based on just how running backs, when when running backs go off from Minnesota, Thielen really doesn't do very well. And the Bears' defense stepped up. And Cook's, or Cook had like 14 PPR points. So he was almost at that threshold that we measure that that correlation by. And then Thielen went up. The, the first touchdown was insane, where he catches it with one arm. That Great throw, good coverage, just great play. And then he had a second touchdown on top of it. So it'll, it'll make you encouraged to start Thielen moving forward. And uh, Justin Jefferson, man, when he gets the targets, he is mwah, awesome. Yeah, he's got three games with more than five targets. He's got 100 yards in all three of them. <laughs> you would think the Vikings guys, would just like pick up on that and say, okay, let's, let's start throwing that guy the ball a little bit more. Well, like it's look, no, they're, There's they're no formula. question that in time he's going to be their number one receiver. Their formula is pretty successful. And we, we, we make fun of like they don't throw the ball that much, but they're... They're turning their season around, and they're doing it mostly behind Dalvin Cook, who had 30 carries in this game. They just ran a ton of plays, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they didn't, because it's only 66 between him and, and Cousins' pass attempts, but they had the ball a ton. Anyway, uh, Jamie, how would you rank the three relevant wide receivers in this game, rest of season? Robinson, one. Dylan two. Jefferson, three. But they're all close. Is now the time to sell Justin Jefferson because like, this is what he does. He's he's super boomer bust. Um, yeah, but I think most trade deadlines have passed already, so I don't know how much you're gonna, you know, what you're able to do at this point. I, I haven't had a trade deadline pass yet. Yeah, so. it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a trade. yeah. It's this right around then. Um, last week, I, I, I I don't think you're gonna get a ton for Justin Jefferson unless it's a dynasty league, in which case you will, but you uh, shouldn't. I don't so. know. Don't I don't see people overpaying for Justin Jefferson. What would the order be right now of the rookie wide receivers in a rookie only draft? Oh goodness! Take C.D. Lamb. Like oh, I'm I sorry, still, I'm sorry. Rest I still of season love the or? talent of C.D. Lamb. No, for for the seat for rest of career. Oh, for the rest of this season or the rest of their careers? Dynasty the rest you mean? of their careers. Uh, right. So we're doing a dynasty oh, rookie oh, draft okay. with receivers right now. Right now, right now. Yeah, Lamb. I still think I'm taking Lamb first. Agreed. I Who's don't two? know if I'm taking Judy second. I think I might take Higgins second. He's been great, though. Probably I know, I know, but T. Higgins hasn't. He's been outstanding. Well, Claypool's been great. Jefferson's Clay, been yeah, great. I know, I know. I'm I, taking Higgins, Jefferson second. Higgins, Higgins really is impressing. Um, I agree. Can we, get, can we get Mike Mayock? To be a stud. Can we get Mike Mayock to this draft so he can take the wrong guy? That'd be... <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, you never know how it's going to turn out, but... You're seeing all the success of the rookie wide receivers, and you took Henry Ruggs first, and that just doesn't look great. He's also right been now. hurt, so factor that in. I, yeah, I know, I know, but uh, Al Davis liked it. Man, here's Lamb. the way it went in uh, mm-hmm. the rookie draft that Dave and I are in the league together, and 
It'll be interesting to see. We're back in was. August? This is back in We're August. Back in June. Or no, it was after the draft, right? Yeah, May or June, I think it was. Okay. So I think Dave had the first one. I took CeeDee Lamb. You took Lamb. And then I believe Jerry Judy was second. And then I think Ruggs was third. Yeah, but Jake Rager went in the first round. Yep. How about I? Who well, I still like awesome. long term. I got Jefferson with the last pick in the first round. Where did Higgins go? Early second? Higgins went in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Who was high on Justin Playpool Jefferson in the, in the off season? I can't remember. You were. Uh, oh, yeah. This guy. All right, so here's the order. It went <laughs> Lamb doll. to Dave with the fourth overall pick. Then Judy was the sixth overall pick. Ruggs was the eighth overall pick. Rager, the ninth overall pick. Ayuk, which was a little bit surprised, was the 12th overall pick, and he's been very good. Mm-hmm. And then I got Jefferson at 14. Then round two, it was Pittman and Higgins and then Chenault. So very good class. Just an unbelievable class. Did we talk enough about Pittman on today's pod? No, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go to the waiver wire. Um, first, the dropo meter. Jarvis Landry, zero to ten. Uh, <laughs> that was two. bad. I, <laughs> I don't want to judge him yet because of what the weather's been. I think yeah. you drop him, you're gonna regret it. How about you judge him based on what the season has been for? Him, yeah, which but isn't this very is very good. We we haven't seen a game in in good weather without Beckham yet, so I don't want to judge him yet. Okay. Uh, Robert Tunyon. Oh, ten. <laughs> Jamie, can you please show Dave or tell like exhibits to Dave how to make the noise? There you go. Carson Wentz. Uh, eight. I'm not ready to a five on Wentz. Leonard Fournette. Zero. Yeah, it's like a two. Okay. Uh, this one's funny. I don't even know why it's on here. Drew Locke. Well, because he was pretty good before 12. last week. Yeah, 10. Derek Carr against the Chiefs this week, and then at Atlanta, and then at the Jets. Zero. Okay. Man, they're just such a run-heavy team. They're the new Vikings. When they can run, they will. Right. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah this week. Jonathan Taylor, drop-o-meter. Zero. Yeah. Negative 10. I, 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 yeah, we get a lot of questions. Had to bring it up. Ryan Tannehill at Baltimore, at Indianapolis next two weeks. <laughs> well, if we're, if, we're, if we're cutting Tannehill, but we're holding on a car, then I've got questions. I, I think both of those quarterbacks are in the category of you can cut them if you... I'm not playing Tannehill against the Ravens after coming off a loss, and I'm definitely not playing him against Indianapolis where I just saw him struggle, and he's been bad since his offensive line has fallen apart. So I'll wait for those games in week 13 and 14 because most people in, in, in leagues will not be picking up Ryan Tannehill. So I can get him then. I'm not carrying Ryan Tannehill now. But you're you're going to carry Derek Carr. I, I don't. I, do you think he's going to be a top twelve quarterback this week against Kansas City? Oh, for sure. That's the highest over under of the week. It's going to be a shootout between these okay. two. Okay. Carr went right. for twenty nine against the Chiefs the first he time. Sure he sure did. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily agree. The Chiefs remember so that. I I'd like to think that I could cut Carr this week and then come back to him after this week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm starting Derek Carr this week over Tom Brady. I want to be really excited. I don't about love Brady, that. but I'll take him over Carr. Uh, Carr over Brady. I want to be really excited about that game, but I I fear it's going to be a a blowout, bloodbath. Yeah. Well, I just I I think Kansas City's pissed and they're gonna they're gonna crush him. But it's a home game. It's Sunday night. That's really fun. And Tampa Bay you gets the said Rams. said that about the Raiders though in almost all these games, right? Yeah, they've been certainly they've been really good. This will be a real test. They don't even have to win. Just compete and show that you're on the same 
playing field. I, oh, I wish there were, there were fans for this game. That would be really fun for Las Vegas. All right, waiver wire, quarterbacks. So let's go to these four guys who are rostered in 71% of, or more of leagues just just uh, real quick for the shallower leagues. You've got Derek Carr against the Chiefs. You've got Tua at Denver, Stafford at Carolina, and Cam Newton at Houston. Are all how many of them would you take ahead of Jameis Winston? That list is Carr, Tua, Stafford, Newton. Carr and Cam. I'm taking them. I'm taking everybody but Carr ahead of Winston. There's one thing that worries me a little bit with Cam Newton. Check this out. Tell me if this bothers you. There have only been three quarterbacks against Houston that have scored fewer than 23 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. They are Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, and Baker Mayfield. They are the three who threw, like, I think fewer than 30 passes. They all threw 20 to 24 passes. This is why I was a little nervous about Mayfield. Then the weather came in. That was, that was even worse. But Cam Newton, you know, I, I think basically what I'm trying to say is if he doesn't score a rushing touchdown, it's going to be probably a bad game. He is, probably, but he does that every week. He does, but he scored one last week, and he only scored 18. But my, you know, I don't know. I mean, yes, Houston has been really bad, but the three quarterbacks who haven't thrown a lot have not had good fantasy games. Well, I mean, throw out Baker. Okay. Okay, then it's Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins. I throw out Cousins, too. I mean. Oh, he's better than Cam Newton, isn't he? As a passer, he is. Passer? Sure. Yeah. All right, all right. So I, I think it's easy to start Cam this week. Okay, so Cam and Carr over Winston. Yep. Okay, and if Galladay Winston ahead of Carr is him now. Okay, if Galladay came back, would you start Stafford over Winston? Yep. How do we feel I'm about starting Stafford over Winston anyway? Oh, all right. How do we feel about Tua this week at Denver? I think what you got last week is is probably a, a fair comparison. You know, under 200 passing yards, two touchdowns. They they can run on them. Take him over Tannehill and Goff for sure. Yeah. So Tan. So Tom Brady appears to be a difficult call against the Rams on starter, but, Monday I mean, the Rams Right. 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 Okay. So so with that four touchdowns again. With that said, would you start any of these guys over Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Alex Smith, Flacco, no. Cousins, Mayfield? No. Okay. No. Deep leagues. Andy Dalton gets Minnesota. They are 29th against quarterbacks. P.J. Walker gets Detroit, and we will move on. To the running backs, we've covered a lot of this, but the the shallow league guys at running back are Gallman, McKissick, and Damian Harris, 71 to 77% rostered. I'm going to ask you guys again. I asked you on Sunday, J.D. McKissick, his next three matchups are against teams that currently rank first, second, and fourth in receiving yards allowed to running backs. Does that matter to you with McKissick? Not really. Because I just think that Washington's going to do what they do, and throwing to him, those little short passes, is just a part of their offense. This week and next week, it matters a little bit just because they can play with the lead. Yeah, they're facing Cincinnati and Dallas. Yep, and we already saw the Dallas game. I mean, I I remember we had this conversation, you know, McKissick versus Gibson. Mm -hmm. And I remember. I I know where I was. I I, I thought it would be a good game for Gibson. Uh, The difference is, is that that was Kyle Allen. And so Alex Smith will will definitely throw the ball more to his backs. But we saw a little bit of a change in the second half of that game last week where, you know, most of McKissick's targets came in the first half. And Alex Smith started challenging downfield a little bit more. So I just wonder what they're going to do as they're getting more guys. You know, they, they're they not good fantasy options, but, you know, this is where a team and, and, and fantasy and reality split. Cam Sims, Steve Sims, 
and Isaiah Wright, you know, were big factors for the Washington offense. And Alex Smith is spreading the ball around. So, you know, it's uh, we'll see. I think McKissick is a borderline starter this week. He's not a must start. Like for me, he was a top 20 guy the last two weeks and that paid off. Um, I don't love him as much this week against the Bengals. Yeah, you know, I give the stat every week about the Bengals. If you get seven targets against the Bengals, you're almost certainly going to have a good game. It just keeps on happening. And it's usually two wide receivers that do that every week, basically. And I'm hoping this week, for fantasy managers' purposes, that it's McLaurin and McKissick, who's basically acting as that second wide receiver. And the Bengals... Thomas. Thomas has just been on the cusp. He's six targets each the last mm-hmm. time. Could be. Yeah. Don't you think this has a chance to be a high-scoring game? Certainly a yes. competitive game. I don't think the Bengals are going to get trounced. No, no, no. I mean, why? Bengals, and so I think that win. helps McKissick too. Oh, the Bengals are winning. But it, okay. I think close game. Well, close game. and so the past two weeks, we've seen Washington fall into a big hole early right. and then claw their way back with Alex Smith doing most of that work. And last thing, the Bengals have not been great against pass catching running backs in their last like four weeks. They were great early in the year, they've been solid. The last three or four weeks. Okay. Yeah, I think look, McKissick on. is a very good start in PPR. I just don't love him as much as I have the last two games. Balaj, Hines, Ahmed, Hyde, Rams guys, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. Do you feel like Cam Akers is the one who has the best chance, even with Daryl Henderson? Who's who's the of the three, the one that has the best chance to become a fantasy star or a fantasy must start? I mean, they kind of tipped their hand coming off their bye week. It's been a lot of that with these rookie running backs. You know, you saw it with Detroit. You saw it based on injury with the Ravens. And you saw it now with the Rams that, you know, they gave him the most carries in that game. So they're trying to get him going. You know, I mean, I'll go back to Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for the Athletic. And she said by the end of the season, Akers would be their best guy. And so, you know, maybe that's the case for them moving forward. Now losing Whitworth and some of their matchups don't necessarily help that. But the way that I have it written is I want Malcolm Brown of the Rams running backs this week. He's my favorite of the three because they're probably going to be chasing points. You can't run on Tampa Bay and he's the one involved in the passing game. Plus he's the one that works at the goal line, but long-term I'd rather have acres, you know, so to that, you know, you asked the question, Adam, if you're just looking long-term at these guys of the players who are available, especially if you're going running back, he might be second behind Naheem Hines because again, Balaj has got an expiration date when Eckler's back. Ahmed has an expiration date when Gaskins is back. And, you know, Hyde, same thing when um, when Carson's back. But Hines could be the lead running back for the Colts. And it wouldn't surprise me if Akers is the best running back for the Rams. But at best, he's probably a flex. Okay. Uh, so Michael P. Ryan said 27% roster. We got a report last week that the Jets were going to kind of turn to him and audition him and see what he can do. He's facing Baltimore. If Baltimore doesn't have Calais Campbell, which no, they he's won't. facing the Chargers. Oh, he's facing the Chargers. I'm sorry. I got yeah, the wrong... That's that's yeah. the reason to like him. Yeah. Who's, ba- who's mm-hmm. Baltimore this week? Who do they have? Why did I screw that up? Baltimore... Titans. They have the Titans. Has the Titans. Okay. It's going to be a good Henry matchup Michael for... Michael P. Reiner slightly different. Oh, I know what I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, well, the Chargers have been terrible. Uh, Baltimore also might have a terrible run defense in the short term if they're missing yeah. three, two defensive linemen and a linebacker. But for P. Ryan, yeah, the Chargers have been one of the worst run defenses in, in football. Recently, Rex Burkhead, Alex Collins also on the list, and we'll go over to the wide receivers. We should spend more time here uh, at wide receiver. Corey Davis is he a, is he a stash? Is he a drop? Would you exchange him for Jacoby Myers or Tim Patrick? What do you think about Corey Davis? I would exchange him for Myers, but overall, I think he's still a useful part of fantasy rosters. Yeah, again, you want him for those two games coming up, not the two games that they have in the next two weeks. You want it for Week 13 and beyond when they start with Cleveland. 
the next two games against the Ravens and the, the Colts aren't going to be very good, I think, for the Titans passing it. And Davis, by the way, unlike the Michael P. Ryan, does have the Ravens this week. What about John Brown and Cole Beasley? They're going into their bye week. They're both around 70% rostered. Jamie, last week you said that John Brown was a break-the-bank fab guy. So, yeah, I mean, this this could be the time maybe somebody drops him. What do you think about John Brown long-term? If he's dropped, he's not a bad guy to pick up, but we just don't know about the ankle injury now. That's the unfortunate thing. You know, the report that I saw last night was uh, could be week-to-week, and that doesn't sound encouraging for a guy that's battled injuries earlier this year. So it just sucks because, you know, he, he should have had a better game against the Cardinals. And, you know, if he's hurt, that'll help Beasley. But I don't think any of these guys are must stashes going into their bye week. They'll, they'll be available in two weeks. Dave, did you want to say more about Michael Pittman? Because the top priorities for Jamie are Myers, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler has two straight games with 10 targets. And then Michael Pittman and then MVS. Yeah, I just, just real quick, Adam, I just, when I give you those things, I give you just the, the, teammates. the teammates together. Yeah. I know. So, so Patrick is a top priority. Hamler is not, but uh, I've got Pittman, Pittman second behind Jacoby. I, I love that he had 15 targets over his past two games. That's an 18% share. That's actually tied for the most targets a Colts pass catcher has had in consecutive games this season. And we know that Rivers is throwing a lot, and I think he's going to keep throwing a lot. And Pittman, not only is he, you know, big, rangy, short area target, but he can make some bigger plays downfield. I learned a lot from that game about him on Thursday. So I'm encouraged by where he could be moving forward. Okay, we got MVS. Alan Lazard's a better option if they're both available. But we don't know if Lazard's playing this week. Hopefully he will. Josh Reynolds against Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay Monday night. You got Jakeem Grant. All right, so Jakeem Grant, um, yeah, he had five targets. He caught a touchdown. He actually led the team in receiving for the Dolphins. He's 2% rostered, and he's at Denver, and then he's at the Jets, and then Cincinnati. Just remember, the Dolphins have a great schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's two two games for sure without Preston Williams left. So Right. Yeah, so like, how do we separate these guys? Jakeem Grant, Jalen Rager, Rashard Higgins... Who didn't like he led the team in receiving with 48 yards and Baker Mayfield only threw 20 passes, so we shouldn't completely overlook what he just did. Uh, Keelan Cole, the uh, Steelers, like I said, they've been struggling against wide receivers. Well, it's also LaVisca Chenault's out, too. Yep, yeah. So, so I mean, is there anyone you're excited about here that I just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, again, nobody's a a must start guy, you know, Myers is the closest to that, and and Patrick, you know, prior to getting thrown out last week, um. You know, the, the Broncos have just been throwing the ball so much. You know, it's four straight games now with 40 or more pass attempts. And so you see Jerry Judy double digits and targets, you know, uh, on average for the last three weeks. You see KJ Hamler back to back weeks with double digits and targets. You know what Patrick has been, you know, prior to having that hamstring injury, um, four of his last five, 100 yards or a touchdown. So, you know, yeah, you could probably make a case. And, and, and I, I should probably have Pittman ahead of Patrick just based on what the upside could be for him. So I, I certainly get that. Uh, but, Reynolds, the targets have been there for him. You know, this was the concern with Tyler Higby going into the season. Was there going to be a third receiver or was there going to be more of the the two tight end featuring the tight end type of offense from uh, Sean McVay? And what have we seen recently? It's been more of the three receivers, you know, so Josh Reynolds has established himself as, as a key part of this offense. But I think when you look at the guys who are readily available, you know, Pittman at 10%, Reynolds at 6% and Grant at 2%, uh, there's a big opportunity in front of Michael Pittman, hopefully he takes advantage of it. Okay. I, I Sorry, I should have clarified. I meant, was there anyone who excited you from the Jakeem Grant, Keelan Cole, Jalen Rager group? The, you know, those guys. 
Not uh, really. Rager hopefully will will start to produce more. You know, he played a lot. And, you know, people were concerned what's going to happen when Jeffrey comes back. Who's going to be the one impacted? It was Greg Ward. Greg Ward was the one that got left out. You know, the, the playing time was still the same for Fulgham, still the same for Rager. So the only concern you have with him is what happens when Ertz is back and they, you know, continue these, you know, two tight end personnel. By the way, Tim Patrick, one game with Brett Grippen and Rippen. Six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown at the Jets. Tight ends. Tight ends. We've got, uh, oh, Hayden Hurst, 82% rostered and pretty favorable schedule, although New Orleans has really gotten a lot better against tight ends lately. But Hurst is like four to six catches, 51 to 68 yards in four of his last five games. Very similar to what Austin Hooper was coming into last week. Uh, You've got Dallas Goddard. You've got Austin Hooper. Going up against the Eagles, who stink against tight ends, but then the ones that are more available are Zach Ertz and Logan Thomas. The Bengals give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Kyle Rudolph potentially, if Herb Smith is out again. Dallas is not very good against tight ends. He so played well last even better. Yeah. Well, fumbling didn't help. It didn't help. Uh, we're you're not certain that was a fumble, but then why did I lose two points for it? <laughs> Because it was not, it could not be overturned. And Dalton Schultz, you know, the Graham had a good matchup. Graham was open for a touchdown last night at Minnesota. Nick Foles missed him. Nick Foles was really bad. That would have been if he had caught that ball. That would have been seventy-nine yards or a touchdown to a tight end in five straight games by by Minnesota. So that's Dalton Schultz's matchup. Do you guys see a reason to to keep Jordan Reed or pick him up going into a bye? No. If you're going to pick him up, do it on Saturday. So then you just stash him over the weekend, and then, bam, you got him on your team for next week. Okay, was there anything else you guys wanted to say about He is a beat-the-waiver-wire guy. You can already put that in your notes for Friday. All right, I'll do it. I'm just curious. Schultz did not connect well with Dalton in the one game that they played together in the Arizona game. It was more Garrett Gilbert and Danucci for Schultz. Which is weird because, they, you know, it's the Dalton thing. You would think if anything would lead to a connection, it would be a similar name. So, what's that? Roadhouse. Roadhouse? Yeah. Hmm, Do I get that? Right now, I don't. What's Patrick Swayze's name? Was Dalton. Was Dalton? That is a ridiculous movie. It is, like, unbelievably violent. They just murder each other, basically. (laughs) I I saw for the first time just a few months ago, I'd say. I was like, what is this? I thought this was going to be, like, a cheesy 80s movie, and it's just really violent. Um, Guess what I watched last night? What? Midnight. What? Do it. Do the impression. Do it. <laughs> Die. I can't. <laughs> and if uh, I see that now. The whole thing, just thinking of you. Oh, this is a great movie. I, I could watch that like anytime. Um, I started watching The Undoing. Hey, you remember to- me from The Breakfast Buffet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about The Undoing in a little bit because that show seems awesome. DST is Dolphins, Chargers, Washington, Vikings, Browns, Kickers, Koo, Bullock, Blankenship, Fairbairn, Gonzalez. And that is it for today's Waiver Wire show. Jamie, are you watching The Undoing? I know you watch everything on HBO. I am not yet, but I will. It looks good. Only one episode in, like, enthralling. Dave, watch it. Okay, bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tonight on Twitch. See ya.